today we're gonna be uh, talking to a friend of mine we actually went to high school together um, and we're currently now in the real estate industry and he, for my friend uh, is doing well currently and everything is good uh, he has his wholesaling uh, company and um, yeah and he, he, he today is basically sharing the tips and tricks that um, for anyone that wants to get started in wholesaling real estate um, the things that he has done in the past and how we got started to where he is today so let's dive right into it this is the life of Abdul audio experience thank you for coming uh, today's guest is my good friend Olajide um you know i think we went to high school we st- went to a high school together and you know right now we you know we're trying to we've been we've started i guess from you know went to different colleges but after college we finished and we've both gotten into real estate in different ways so um i decided to bring him on today to um to basically um, share with you guys a story and also, you know, for everyone trying to get started in real estate, to give you an advice on step-by-step how you can go about everything. So, Jide, welcome. Thank you for coming on the uh, on the show. <laughs> hey, my guy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if you want to just go ahead, just tell us about yourself, um, you know, how you got started, what your journey has been uh, so far in real estate. Okay, so I got started in real estate during my senior year of college. Um, I was looking into it, and I was like, this seems like something I can do. Uh, One of my friends had told me about it before, Um, but then I just didn't. I heard what he said, but it didn't resonate with me until I came across this video online, and I was just watching the video. It was like, I don't know, you know when you're just going through YouTube looking at how to waste to make money through YouTube and stuff? I came across this video on wholesale and they taught it from A to Z. So I was like, okay, let me just take a look at this video. It was a two-hour video. Um, I think it was by Dominique Royal. If any of you guys want to check that out, Wholesale and Real Estate with Dominique Royal. And it told you how to wholesale real, real estate from A to Z. So I was like, okay, let me lock in with this. Let me try this. I've been trying to get into a business um, f- during my senior year of, of college anyway. So I told one of my friends... Um, okay, let's start this business. Um, I had another group of friends actually who wanted to go. They they wanted to put mobile homes. I was not too familiar with mobile homes and where they're located in Maryland, so I didn't want to go. I'm not. I didn't really want to go that route at the at the, the moment. And I just thought wholesaling was better for me. So I just told one of my friends, "Hey, let's start this. Uh, start uh, wholesaling together. Uh, it's going to take us making calls, going to appointments, um, keeping track with with uh, with clients." I think I think it's something we can really do. We can make money from it, right? So during my during my journey, I was taking a look at a lot of people like Max Maxwell, um, um, Terry. Um, I forgot his last name. I think it's John Terry. John Terry. Or John something Terry. Like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. John yeah. Terry. I was taking a look at John Terry, and I was taking a look at uh, the Flip Man, the Flip Man. So gotcha. I was taking a look at those three people. I was like, okay, it seems like something I could do. I just got to get really comfortable with talking with people on the phone, which is the major people on the phone. It's like random people. It's really, you know, it's kind of troubling talking to, to random people on the phone. But I mean, once you get used to it, then uh, that's that's pretty much how I started in this business. And I just took it off from there. Facts, facts, facts. Um, 
I definitely remember myself. Uh, the, the most the most YouTube person that I literally binge watched, like when I was starting, was Max Maxwell. Like this man, like I remember it was like 2018 or like 2017, 20, 2016, 2017, It was just all over YouTube for some reason about wholesaling. And that was I was like, yo, this shit is not even that hard. You just gotta like put it work. Yeah, I mean, like it's not, it's just this is determination, man. Whoever's more determined and builds their brand over time. It's not, it's yeah. not quick, but just build it over time. True. You're gonna reap what you put into it. The you put into it and the crazy thing is not it's one low person. liability, you know. Facts, facts. And the crazy thing is when not one person can cover a whole market. Like even as good as people like, you know, are like, yes, you can cover a, a good, like, you know, you can cover a good portion, but, like, yo, there's always, like, deals for, like, people to still get regardless. That's, you know, that's what I tell a lot of people. I was like, man, this it's not, just because other people are doing it, making a lot of money, doesn't mean that you can't get into it and start making money. Making money, There's right. room for everybody to make money. Facts, 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 facts. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, tell us about, you know, tell us about your deals. Um, uh, what, like, I'll just go first. What's like, what's a deal that um, what's a deal that uh that has been the most profitable to you? My most profitable deal. And how did you go about that? Well, let me first start by telling these guys exactly what wholesale. Oh yeah, facts, facts. For people who might know, um, a property under contract from a seller so you find a group of motivated sellers who have properties that are likely distressed um mm -hmm. and you try to get these properties from those sellers at a discounted rate and then right. you, you uh get the contract for a certain amount of and then you sell that contract over to an investor or what they call a cash buyer for a higher price and the difference between what that contract that what you sell the contract which they call assigning so what you assign the buyer difference is how much you profit in the deal, right? So my most profitable deal, <sighs> profitable monetarily or profitable as in networking profitable. Because I have some deals that put me in with amazing people that are going to make me money probably for the rest of the business. <laughs> like, right, then, that I makes have, sense. But my most, okay, I would say my most profitable deal now was a $16,000 deal. And my most, my, my most profitable is, is in, as a in network, right? Networking was right. it actually was my first deal, and it was my first deal because not only did I meet somebody who was like the one of the best type of buyers that you want to meet, but it just told me showed me how good networking. The, it, it showed me the value of networking in a business. Gotcha. Like, so I met with my first deal. I, I had a prior, um, Baltimore City was family home, uh, contracted for one hundred thousand. I had a contract for one. It was one hundred or one hundred five, right? So I was probably contracted um, for a while. This is my first deal. I had a contract. I was like, okay. I didn't have a group of buyers yet to sell this property to. Mm -hmm. So the second I got it contracted, I started Googling, how do you find buyers? How do you find buyers? I was looking at, um, looking on, on Facebook groups, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook groups can be. I'm 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 half and half with Facebook group because sometimes it can be other wholesalers on there, and then some of these guys on there aren't really honest with their intentions. Like tell you, they don't tell you they're wholesalers, and you know you can JV in these deals, and make money with everybody. That's always the best thing to do: make connections, and network. But you know some people aren't really straight up front with it, and then mm-hmm. you know, problems can arise from that. But whole you use Facebook groups to find buyers. Uh, you use um. What's that website called? Uh, Bigger Pockets to find buyers. Uh, you can use a, a, a software called PropStream to mm-hmm. find buyers in a certain right. neighborhood. Uh, so there's a couple ways to find buyers. My first, the first method I used to find buyers was going to housing auctions. I used to go to housing auctions in the city in the county courthouse. I used to just wait there until the um, until the the live auction that they were having having was finished, and then I would talk to these buyers. I'd come up there with a with a cash buyer questionnaire. That's what my my sheet is called a questionnaire. Ask them like, hey, um, what's your name? What what type of houses do you buy? What price do you buy these Facts. properties? Everything. Get those down. And I had, I, I think that got me my first twenty. So then I was marking wow. those with them, and I kept, um, I kept uh, kept taking like making appointments to to see the to show buyers the property. I realized after a while, I was like, hmm, maybe I should bring these buyers all in at the same time. At the same, instead of setting individual appointments, because then they're going to see that there's competition to purchase that property. And then they may be more inclined to buy. But by this time, it was like I was towards the end of my contract. I was getting a little stressed, like, okay, this is, this is, yeah. And this is, I would say that this is like out of the deals that I did close, this is probably the hardest one. That I, that I did close. Um, so one guy, so I used that method, right? And I actually got another contract right after I used that method. I bought like four or five peak, five uh, investors there at the same time. They all came in the house. I saw them eyeballing each other from the side. Like, okay, now I know like, you know, that, they, that somebody's probably going to jump on this deal. So one guy, he jumped on it, sent us the contract, put the EMD in, everything. Um, we we're about to close on the deal. Everything was fine. Um, and then one day he called before we close. One day he calls me back. He tells me, "Yeah, uh, I don't think the deal will work work for me." Um, he said, "He said that uh, he can't make it." Something about he went through it on inspection and he wouldn't be able to make the property a three unit or something like that. And he was really for. And me, I'm I'm a junior. Like I was just starting to get into investing, but from what I was hearing from other people, they were telling me like this house isn't a three unit house. This is a quick fix. Fix it up, put 60, 70 into it, put it back on the market for like two something, you know, 240, 250, something like that. Right. So, but, but that's what he wanted to do. And I was like, okay, whatever, as long as you person, like, I didn't care at the moment. I'm at the end of the deal. Sellers calling me all the time, talking about, hey, what's going on? You know, so I'm just trying to get this deal off. So he can't, like, he, um, he, uh, cancels that contract. And mm. I actually gave him his earnest money back, which is something I actually, you know, Ooh, in business, you yeah, typically, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to get a habit of doing that because you got to realize that earnest money, they call it liquidated damages. That's the effort that you put in. That's the reason. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you know, give that back unless mm-hmm. it's something on your fault. This mm-hmm. is how I typically do it. If it's something of my fault or the seller's fault, who I kind of right. represent, so to speak, right. in the deal. Then I would, um, I would go forward and you know 
give the deposit back. That's my buyer too. I want them to come back and buy from me again, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't right. want to break that relationship. But with right. him, it was on his end, right? I, he, right? He's looked already looked at the property multiple times, everything, and then right. you know. So he, mind you, so I probably have like a couple of days left on this contract. Luckily, I put on my contract, I put an extension for um for closing if necessary. So, but I was at the last couple of days of this contract. Um, I'm not sure exactly which day it was, but um, I went to show a different property to, um, I took one of my guys who was a contract to a different property. The guy uh, uh, paid him $50 to give me an estimate on this other property so we can see what, um, maybe how much the repairs will be and how much I have to, uh, mm-hmm. how much price I can make it available for to, to other buyers, right? So he was giving me an estimate on that property. He brought up the property, the previous property that I was trying to sell. Mm-hmm. And I took that contract to that property as well, too. So he brought up that property. He said that he had an investor uh, who's looking to buy properties in the city. He buys all the time. Uh, come to find out that that investor is, he um, he owns a business where he uh, um, does like a credit repair type of business. And then he uh, okay. helps people get investment properties. So they build their credit and then they get investment properties. Mm. You know, he's a broker as well. So, so wow, you know, he gets, yeah, making so, bread. <laughs> lucrative business right there. So now he's always looking for properties. So anytime I get a deal, I can just you know, if I if it's a fix and flip instead of a rental type of deal, they only do fix and flips, right? Mm-hmm. So I can just shoot it over to him. If that happened because I knew a contractor that I called to help right. me get an estimate on a previous property, and right, you know, yeah. Yeah, both properties actually, but wow. yeah. So that was that was my best deal in terms of uh, gaining a you know a new network. Or network, connection. yeah, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. I'm I'm, I'm gonna need that contractor though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I send him. I send him over to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So so which one was the most um. I'll say most, most challenging. Like I, I know this one. You say it was challenging from what you're saying, and also uh, you gained a lot of network, right? It was profitable in terms of network. Like, what was there anyone more challenging than that? I know I, you said that was your first deal too, right? Yeah, that was my first deal. So there was a deal that was more challenging than that, but the deal ultimately fell through. Mm-hmm. Right, and this deal. Also gave me more experience. This is another one. Um, this guy didn't, our, our seller didn't want to put a lockbox on the property. That's a big issue because he lives um, about an hour and a half to two hours north, cl- closer to the Maryland Pennsylvania line. Gotcha. Right. So every time that we wanted to show the property, we had to come to the property, the buyer had to come to the property, and the seller had to come to the property. Mind you, <laughs> the seller is not just the type of guy to open the door really quickly and, um, you know, just keep go back pushing. to his car and keep right. it pushing. You know, let let us handle the, tr- the transaction. Let's talk. You know, he always, you know, every time was, in the property, he was knows he was saying his two cents in it, like just oh making God. it awkward. You know, and it was like it was just he was just really like a one of those hard sellers to um you know to work to, with, to work yeah. with yeah so i would say that was definitely eventually we we just had to like cut it off cuz we we noticed we were putting too much of our time and our resources into that one deal when we could move forward and get more many more of the deals 
that one deal definitely stopped us from getting a lot of other deals during that time period. Uh, and that was during COVID as well, too. So that was already like a little hit, like the beginning of COVID when buyers were reluctant, you know. So uh, that was definitely something that I would say slowed us down. But we learned from a lot uh, not to not to hold on to a deal too hard if it's not if it's probably not going to work out, you know. So we were trying to play the long game with them, see if uh, over time he, you know, come lower on his price because other investors were kind of coming at a certain price and his price, his asking was higher than that. And we were telling him, like, I mean, everybody's coming at this price. So, I mean, obviously this may be the, you know, the price, the value of this property. Value, right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, it was a single family house, everything, but it had foundational damage. Like if there's foundation damage or roof damage in a property, like it needs a lot of work. So work, yeah. I tried to explain it to them. He always tried to downplay it in conversation. Like it's not that big of a deal. Uh, well, not it's not that big of a deal, but this, it's not that costly of a of a you know. Foundation. Mm-hmm. I think at mm-hmm. the time I mean, now that I know more about repairs, I don't even call like contractors to come anymore. I can kind of eyeball and get it a quick estimate in my head. I think at the time he told me that the repair for that job was like three thousand or four thousand dollars and i'm like now that i think about it the property was built in 1890 something so dang yeah that we were probably gonna have to switch out all the beams everything in there everything everything in there so that that little thing that that's that nobody's gonna just come there and fix that little foundational issue they're gonna this house is gonna look like a brand new house house facts yeah (laughs) tell them like yeah repair estimates are high uh you know, you have a good ARV, but nobody's gonna make any money. Um, you know, if yeah. you if your prices are your your, your acquisition price is too high. Facts, facts, facts. That, that was the hardest deal and the most impeding deal we had uh, so far. That's crazy. That's crazy. People like, don't you put like um the lock box thing on your contract? You know, like you can you can add like a clause that says like literally. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did. We actually did, right? So we have a pretty good contract, but the thing is he asked us to he, he actually asked us to remove the clause. I was like and then when he told me he lived an hour away, I was like, Wow, why do you want to remove the clause? He was scared people were gonna steal something out of this 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 house. The property. But this uh. property it, it was it was nobody's gonna I don't wanna give away too much to, you know, seller confidentiality. I don't wanna give any information away, but it's it was an old house. He had old things in there that I wouldn't even consider antique, just old. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to come in and take those things from him. It was mm-hmm. in the county as regards to the city, so it's a safer neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he was he was okay. He was just, he was ex-military. He was a little paranoid. Got you. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, Yeah, that's that's wild, man. That's wild. Like, I'm, I'm learning a lot, too, because, like, People that don't be wanting, I was thinking about it too. Like lockbox is a big thing. It's it's really a big thing. Cause I remember the you know the deal too that we're working on. That deal we couldn't get in. Oh, I yeah, mean, it's we, yeah, because of you know if, if that joint had a lockbox, would have really easily just went in and out. But um, I couldn't put a lockbox um on the contract because one, it was it was we're working with a realtor, so it was like. And also with the bank. So, you know, like adding the lockbox things like, yo, they're going to be looking at us like, yo, what's going on? You know, I'm like, all right, it's, it's you know, but lockbox yeah. is definitely, <laughs> it's, it's, it's needed, especially if the house is empty, man. Um, 
Okay, so like, so what are you working on now? I think you were telling me before the call, but you know, you said now you're doing, uh, you're trying to, you're getting into more virtual and outside uh, Maryland uh, uh, industry. I mean, market. Yeah, yeah. So we opened our markets. Uh, we opened uh, five new markets. Um, we have people in Detroit, uh, Houston, Phoenix, Tucson, and. Uh, Las Vegas, yeah. So wow. those are the new markets that we opened up, and we're looking to. Uh, we have we actually already started in Detroit. We're looking to open up the other four markets uh, next week. Mm. Yeah, so you know, wow, deals wherever we can find them. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, wow, Detroit. So funny enough, actually, um, I was just speaking to someone too that lives in Detroit. That's uh, that's getting into getting into the you know real estate industry and whatever, trying to do wholesaling. She was just telling me about how, you know, houses in Detroit is basically very similar to how it is over here in Baltimore, too. And now, like, it's black, like, you know, it's black, like, one block is, like, crazy, you know, it's it's not good, the value is not good, the next block is, like, great, and, like, the value is all good and everything. And I was like, yo, that's a good place to invest, low-key. Yeah, it's a really good place, but then when you're not there again, it's harder because in Baltimore, we're here. So that block to block thing, we know it like the back of our head now. Detroit, we are not there. I'm I'm still, I'm definitely going to take a couple trips over there, drive around, see what's going on, try yeah. to get a feel for the area. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's pretty much up to our guy who's in there, there now to pretty much do it for us. Uh, he really doesn't have as much experience as we do, but when, you know, he's, he's going through training at the moment. So uh, in due time, everything's going to, it's going to play out right. But, uh yeah that's it it's the same type of style as baltimore but instead of those townhouses that you can get for like below twenty thousand dollars here mm-hmm. that are inner city they have full like single standing homes that you can get for less than twenty thousand dollars oh so wow it's like yeah so it's it's actually weird when i look at it like this is how much this is going for like here if that house is here you know that that would be way higher price yeah and i heard about, about location man yeah, I heard about like like the fact that their um their market there is is coming up pretty like they're basically gentrifying the whole thing from what my friend was telling me. They're like everything like in the next couple of years, like five to ten years maybe, like things are gonna go like it's gonna be you know the next big thing, and it's already becoming that because like last time I've I've been in Michigan for like two like like last year, like twice or so, um. And I've seen how like companies are coming out there and things are moving out there. So I I know for a fact that like yo, that's gonna be the next good you know next hub for something. I mean it is a hub for for cars already, but it's gonna be like you know something great is gonna happen. It's gonna go there of, and then yeah. it's gonna boost up their market market value exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how we did our research when we're looking at what where to expand to. We're looking at uh, what markets have the most potential growth in the next five years facts. so for baltimore definitely baltimore's gonna look completely different different facts. In the next five years and we looked at detroit uh near that motown museum area we mm. saw like a new new we just saw a new development i think um henry ford uh the owner of ford motors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 he's building some sort of hospital or uh some new there's already a hospital there he's building some new branch of a hospital uh, gotcha. Something around the area that's supposed to bring in new uh, 
I guess more doctors, you know, mm. you know, homeowners into the area as well too. Got you, got you. Are there any other local areas like maybe around? I don't know, local Pennsylvania. Um, um, well, right now we do Maryland and DC, Maryland, DMV. Let me put it that way: the Northern Maryland, DC, PG, Baltimore. We go up a little north to Hartford County. Um, some areas around here that I would say are good markets. Um, I haven't done too much research in Philly, but from word to mouth, I've heard that Philadelphia is a really good market. Um, Virginia, I wouldn't say it's the hottest market. It's probably hard to get discounted deals in Virginia. Um, because when you when you bid in Virginia, probably you know, since it's it's really developed, it's pretty developed uh, area, and I don't, I don't know any places in Virginia that are uh, that need you know that need like blooming or need work like that mm. um, that people want to move start moving into. Moving to, that's yeah. that's how you get good deals when you find places that people want gotcha. to start moving into. And you yeah, see, like, new you know new development blooming. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm not, I, I don't know about Virginia. I would say um, I think North Carolina is a good market. Mm. Uh, if you want to go as, as far south as North Carolina, um, yeah. So those ones I know. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Um. So, in, in regards to everything, right? What would you say to? Uh, what would you say you wish you knew before starting? You know, before getting into real estate, um, or before getting into wholesaling. All right, before getting into well, real estate and wholesaling, I would say I wish I knew how to talk to people better. Maybe some of my earlier deals would have gone through uh, instead of falling through. You know, if I if I knew some of the 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 verbiage, uh, the real estate verbiage. Uh, verbiage. <laughs> I, I really, I, I just went along as I, you know, I went along as I, it was, I was, as I was going, as I was making calls, I gained experience. Somebody right. would say something to me that I didn't know. I'd pull up Google, Google right. it, you know? Right, so, I right. mean, that, that process was fun and so that I learned that way, but it probably had been more profitable for me to come in with a little bit more, more knowledge. But Hey, if I, I, I tell everybody, um, if you think you have, you know enough to just get started, I would say that you should just get started. Get started, right? yeah. Because that 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 experience is gonna come regardless. Right. Facts, facts, facts. Low key, I mean, even myself, like, like I feel like I can walk through. I can walk through a good deal. Like, I even though I've not done a deal, like a full like wholesaling deal, but I, I can say like to an extent. I can tell you exactly what can happen at different levels. But also that's because also like I've gone through a buy a buying process, which is just regular um uh retail price buy, uh, buying. So you know it helps a little bit, but still I think for me it just helps me like the fact that I bought a property it helped me understand the fact that like this thing is not like it's really not that big of a deal. Like it's like it's not that like People think, oh, just getting a house is so big. Like, you know, just because people think it's so big until like you do your first deal or you do your you buy your first home and it's like the process goes like that. And you're like, hmm, if I could make money from this, I can do this like yeah, I can do this like five times a month. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, once you get the, the knowledge, you feel like, wow, all this stuff is 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 simple, you know? It just makes sense. All the knowledge right. all, after a while it just makes sense. People are just scared because it's a 
because for a lot of people, your home is your biggest asset, right? right. Mm-hmm. So that's why people are, people um, put it together with that and then think like, okay, this is maybe too much for me that they're yeah, scared right. to jump in, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really a simple process. Um, buying homes is, is a process. Getting rentals, mm-hmm. as long as you know how to evaluate uh, that, evaluate yeah. the area, see how, you know, if it's an area where you can get one good rents and two mm-hmm. um, good tenants, then go for it, you know? At the end of the day, you still have the house. If worst comes to worst, you still have the house, right? They can just right. sell the house. Again, you, you know? Exactly. You <laughs> have a, you know, it might take it might take a little bit longer, you know, to sell it for the amount you want, but I mean, you still have a you still have an equitable property. Um, exactly. um, so the things like the things that you've learned now, how like have you how have how have those things helped you moving forward? So like, like you said, the um, like learning the verbiage and things like that. Um, now that you know that, okay, since I do need to learn the verbiage, like moving forward, I, like, do you do anything when you're looking, when you're going into a new deal or like now that you're going into a new market, like what are the things you're preparing for in regards to like that, that you need to know before you go in? Okay. First, when I go into a new market, I have to look at how the property values mm-hmm. and what type of discounts for what I do as a wholesale, I got to look for what type of discounts investors buy properties in that area, right? So what I would do is I can use the prop stream software that I use and look at how much cash buys are in certain areas mm-hmm. um, or in areas that I like. Let's say I get a deal there. I can look at that cash buys in the area and see, okay, this is actually and see what the flippers, because in, in using prop stream, I can find flippers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see how much they purchased it for and how much they sold it for. So I can then calculate their margin, their, their, uh, their margins in the deal, right? Right. And actually, like, okay, this makes sense. This is the percentage that they get in that market. And typically, uh, I think um, to be safe, what we use is, well, in Baltimore, we use 30% rule, which yeah. is uh, you get a property right. at 30% minus the repair costs. Right. That's what, you know, a buyer would typically want to buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, those markets, we do the same thing, but we, we kind of reverse engineer it and look at how much they bought it, how much they sold it. Right. And, where, where those prices are and how much work we think it needed. If we can see some before pictures and after pictures. after pictures, got you, got you, got you. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. And definitely having someone to, you know, like you said, having someone to check out the property. How do you go about that? How do you go about like having someone on ground to, you know, to go look at your deals or, you know, work the work for you? Um, so it, it worked out for us in a way that we actually have somebody in each of those states. Um, well, except for Las Vegas and um, Phoenix and Tucson. So except of Nevada and Arizona, we have somebody mm-hmm. in L.A. who can um, go and take a look at those properties as we, you know, as we make those appointments available. Mm-hmm. But in Houston, we have somebody on ground and in Detroit, we have somebody on ground. So mm-hmm. they can do that work for us and, you know. It just smoothens out our process. But I don't want to say that everybody needs somebody boots on ground. People virtually wholesale without even being there. Um, mm-hmm. What you have to do is pretty much ask the property owner to take um, clear pictures of, and specify exactly right. uh, what to take pictures of. And then, you know, work out your, mm-hmm. work out your deal from using that. Got you. So uh, one, one thing is, do you, how do you, what do you think about like, the virtual thing, how do you choose exactly the market you want to? I mean, 
I know, like, so you go through, like, oh, what what's the most market where things are, you know, the looks upcoming and everything. But, like, what do you think about going into so many, like, extending yourself too much? Like, is there, do you ever worry about that? Yeah, definitely. So, so you never want to extend. You have to worry about how many, how much you think you can handle versus mm-hmm. versus where and where you're going. So how, how competitive where you're going is, right? So what we did, we looked at each of those markets and we thought that, um, you know, if we just try to, basically we kind of want to test out the market and see which ones, you know, uh, how, how, so we evaluate our deals by how many um, deals we get per week, how many deals mm-hmm. we get per month, you know, so we're going to, we're going to take that, that information once we get it after about a month or two and then see uh, which markets gave us the most warm leads this month, which market mm-hmm. gave us the most hot leads, which market did we give offers, uh, do we give out the most offers to? So we keep track of all that data and we can see, okay, is this working for us? Is it not working for us? You know, and we also have, you know, so w- once you think you have enough. To... Wait, say that again. You, you kind of broke out a process little... like this. I was saying, once you think you have enough employees mm-hmm. working with you mm-hmm. to, to expand to that much because what you don't want to do is expand out too far and then your home base you're kind of losing out on deals because you're not targeting everybody what you think you have a team big enough and prepared enough to expand that way and then you have that process automated and set up then you know you definitely want to try to expand that market and see if you can you know make money in those areas Gotcha. So, what's a good target in your on your in your home base? Is it? Do you do it by county or like, or by like, by zip code? Yeah, we typically do by zip code. So, what we use are, are high codes. The zip codes where there are more property sales within the past six months. Uh, more mm-hmm. property sales typically show more investor activity, right? Right. Right. So we go into areas like that, and we make sure. Um, well, yeah, we, we look for distressed properties in that area, uh, tired landlords. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you can drive around and look for distressed properties. Mm-hmm. Called to look for distressed properties for sale by owner signs. Um, yeah, methods like that to see you know who's interested in selling their property. Okay. Gotcha, so yeah, gotcha. in, I would say that in Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's a really good area because it's, it's it's really obvious to see exactly where the development is moving to. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you're in the city, you can see like one block. Wait, see that? Again? Okay, it might be stretched. In Baltimore, it's easy to see where the uh, areas in this area may be up and coming. Take a look at the neighborhood. Use your initiative to see like, okay, is this the neighborhood that you know they could be, or yeah, long time, or do you, do you think you know? that this this area will work for you and for you know for a wholesale deal and it's okay if these deals sometimes aren't able to work on if you're using a fix and flip um numbers for fix mm-hmm. and flip some property some buyers are landlords as well so they can get a property that you probably have available for less than twenty thousand dollars put 40 into it and then just start renting it out right you're right so that's that's profitable as well so you just have to analyze the deal as they come that's true. That's true. So I think um when you, when you mentioned the uh, you know the the formula or the, you know I think when you mentioned the formula, I kind of went out a little bit. I don't think um I got that. So uh-huh. like 
so like yeah go ahead go ahead so, so there there are two methods to that we use to figure out the offer we can give on a property we use that 30 percent method which you do a 30 percent of the arv which is the active repair value in that area so how much property is fully fixed up uh in that area can sell for on the market same mm-hmm. property right so you do 30 percent of that and then you deduct that from what the arv is and you now subtract the repair estimate from that price right and then you'll subtract your assignment fee uh, our typical assignment fees are ten thousand dollars, so we would subtract the thirty percent of the ARV, then we subtract the repairs minus the ten thousand dollars, and that's typically what we call our MAO, maximum mm-hmm. allowable offer. So that's, oh, right. that's that we want to offer to the seller. Or the secondary method, if we can't use um, the first method I just mentioned, is to look at average cash buys in the area. So what are the average price that investors are buying similar properties to? In that immediate area um and then uh we would just subtract our assignment fee from that average and then you know, that's right what the offer would be right but those ones are typically more difficult to kind of eyeball those are typically in lower uh, worse neighborhoods with lower property values that we do that um because there's no repair value incorporated into that method so wait so you're saying so you're saying those ones you just you look at the uh, the you know previous property that that has the cash that's cash buyers, and you just go off of that number to the new yeah. cash buyers. Yeah. So let's say let's say the cash buys there were, um, there were like five or six cash buys within a quarter mile radius, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and these properties are all similar to the property that you're looking at. What I would do is um, using our software. Sometimes we can see pictures of the inside of the properties. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can see pictures of the inside of the property, we can compare it to the inside of ours and see, okay, this is what a cash buyer would buy uh, that property. On average, all those six properties together average it out to sell for $35,000, right, in cash. So we'd say, okay, that's probably what uh, the, the area which a cash buyer would purchase a property for in this area. And we would just deduct mm-hmm. our assignment fee mm-hmm. when we're giving an offer to the seller. So it's like $35,000, subtract ten. Offer the max offer we get to the sell would be twenty five thousand. Right, right, that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, but so, um, go ahead. I would say the difficulties with that method is sometimes the repairs. So you can have one that sold for thirty and it's fully fixed up in the back in that area, but you have one, uh, but yours is completely trashed. So then it's like, how much do I offer? So that's the only problem that that may come along with that method. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. <sighs> but okay. Um, yeah, it's a it's a dilemma. <laughs> I mean, that's something. You know, comes with experience. You have to figure out, like, yo, even if this property is not all the way up to shape, I th- you know, like, yeah. how much do you think? You know, this way lower you were, can you? Exactly. Yeah, right. You know, how much yeah. do you think it will need? How much can I take off? Or how much do I need to take? You know, all those kind of things. But that's what that comes with experience um so any advice for someone starting you know to round it up and then you know tell us where people can find you okay so for somebody starting in this business i would say that you should definitely make sure that you're a determined person um because in this business there's going to be a lot of downtime deals people don't really realize that deals don't happen every day 
you know, deals happen twice a month, three times a month, four times a month. You know, if you, once you get good, some, mm-hmm. for some people, one time every two months, you know, but it's not every day that people are making five to 10 deals, or, mm-hmm. you know, a month. not everybody who does that unless, you, you know, you're really experienced. So just, if you're just starting out, um, stick to the marketing method that works for you and go hard on it. Don't try to disperse all your funds in different methods of marketing. If you want to do cold calls, stick to cold calls. Um, that's what I started out with. Me and my friend were just cold calling all day. Yeah. Uh, multiple people were trying to see if they want to sell the property. Uh, you can do direct letters. Uh, direct letters is a little bit more expensive. Um, yeah, that- yeah, make sure that you <laughs> yeah letters, posted stamps, all that envelopes, yeah. paper, printing. Yeah, that was a little more expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Postcards are cheaper though, but yeah, just stick to the method that works for you. Mm-hmm. Price and you know which one you're more, most most comfortable with. Well, let me not say most comfortable because people may not be comfortable with calls, but which one works is right? for you? You you'll yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can try everything out and see what. I mean, right now, I think for yeah, me, yeah, but I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't expand on everything yet. Just try everything out, see what works, and then stick to that until you get. I would say you're, I would say one deal, one or two deals, and then mm-hmm. you can try to branch out into maybe yeah. another one, then another one. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, cool, cool. So, where can people find you? It's your IG. Okay, you can Twitter. find. <laughs> uh a website everything yeah so you can follow me on instagram at elijah day underscore three that's o-l-a-j-i-d-e underscore three that's my personal page or you can follow my business page and you can follow my business page at maven realty that's m-a-v-i-n-r-e-a-l-t-y um and then you can follow me also well check out our website at www maven m-a-v-i-n buyshouses.com uh if you're a seller looking to sell your property you can go to that website if you're a buyer looking for investment properties discounted properties in baltimore detroit houston las vegas phoenix contact me as well uh go to our website and uh, check out the properties that we have available on there so you said maven buy houses or buys is it buy with buys with the s okay yeah Maybe buys houses okay funny enough we may be changing our website soon so to maven realty m-a-v-i-n realty dot oh, okay gotcha. maven realty group dot com so oh maven realty guys, group okay maven realty group dot com got you yeah so if you guys uh if it, if maven buys houses don't work for you in the near future try maven realty group dot com all right, that's great. That's great. Thank you so so much, Jide. Appreciate it. Um, we definitely still need to um talk some more. You know, we are planning on making our first deal together, so we're still working yeah, on that. Cool. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to share share your experience and um, you know, share your time because because honestly, your experience is time and time and your time is money. Honestly, because that's that's your experience so low-key you know you're starting also you're starting your class um talk about that real quick okay so if you guys want to join our my uh, wholesaling class um right now it's just the wholesaling class as i move along we're going to incorporate um fix and flipping and rentals as well but for now it's just wholesaling course 
Um, if you pay now, you have access to the class for life. So if you pay now at the price that it is now, um, you can get that wholesaling and then one the flip information and rental information comes along and other investments as well. Um, then you have access to that too. So you guys can check that out. It's gonna it's called um, Jumpstart Dash REI dot Teachables T E A C H A B L E S dot com. So Jumpstart dot REI dot Teachables dot com. Teachables dot com. Okay. No, it's uh, Jumpstart Dash REI. Oh, dash. Okay, Dash REI dot Teachables. Teachables.com. Okay, so Teachables is spelled T E A C H A B L E S. Yeah. Teachables.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, All right, so cool. If you guys want to check out, you know, learn a little bit about wholesaling, uh, definitely advise you to go to that. I have different tips up um, along with the video to, you know, show you that how to get through wholesaling A through Z. Um, so if you guys are definitely interested in that, you should go take a look at that. Yeah, definitely. I'll have the link in the description. So, um, all you know, all everywhere you can reach out to him on IG is you know the website and everything and the and the wholesaling class. I'll have a link in the description. So check it out. So thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. Please do me a favor and smash that subscribe button, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.